Hello everybody, my name is Ruin Eldred and I'm here with the Boss Foss and we'd like to welcome you to Nerdgasma Goodfellas Presents The Drinking Corner. It has been a very long time since we've done an episode of this podcast. We haven't released anything since January 1st of this year in which we did the special Fallout episode with Zoshimoshi. Um, really excited to be here. I'm really glad we were able to find time to fit this in. David, how are you, man? I'm very, very tired. I feel that. I absolutely, 100% feel that. Um, anything new going on in your life? Uh, well, I am uh, no longer working for GameStop, so I no longer speak for the brand or the company. Not that I ever spoke for the brand or the company before. And now I have a job at a school. Nice. I uh, I still work at the same place. Um, not much has changed for me in the last like couple months since our last podcast, other than some medical checkups and car problems, and working all the time and trying to fit in time in our schedule to do everything we're doing right now. Um, with that being said, today's episode is going to be focused on our first raw thoughts of the year. We do have an actual theme for another episode. We're just waiting for all of the members that are going to participate in that episode to get together in which we are going to be doing a video game adaptation pitch podcast, which should be interesting given everybody's ideas and stuff that we've talked on already. So hopefully that will turn out well whenever we do get together to do that. And Mr. Retro and I will be getting together soon. To do another R&R podcast as well, we'll be doing our first movie review on The Flash that John and I are going to be seeing here today in a couple hours. So that's, that's also what's going on with me right now. Nice. So um, as of right now, we've had the video game showcases for both PlayStation and Xbox and Capcom. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into that and talk about that a little bit since that's kind of uh, a thing that's in our general area that's new. Was there anything from any of the showcases that interested you a lot? Uh, well, I'm going to say one from each of the showcases. All right. Uh, except for the Capcom one because I, I did not um, watch the Capcom one. It was literally not worth watching in my honest opinion. Because everything that they showed in that showcase was already shown in the other two. And they really didn't show anything new in their own showcase that they designated a day to. Right. Which was sad. So, uh, from the Sony one, which uh, Sony did a very good job putting on their showcase. Um, I will say that I was most excited about Spider-Man 2 agreed upon um from the xbox bethesda showcase uh, i was excited to finally get some more information about starfield as was every other xbox player yes um so i'm excited for starfield i'm also scared for starfield because I don't want it to be so hyped up that, um, you know, it just, like, 
the expectations will not be met, kind of like how it was with Anthem. Well, I didn't particularly care for Anthem. Um, it's, I did... it's just a good example of a game yeah. that was extremely hyped and was a major letdown. I I was a bit more excited about uh, Cyberpunk and uh, would be lying if I said that I wasn't initially let down by the uh, launch of it. Oh, the original Cyberpunk launch? Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For the PlayStation Showcase, I agree. I was very hyped to see an actual, like, in-depth gameplay of Spider-Man 2. Seeing Peter Parker in the symbiote suit was amazing. Like, the look of his symbiote suit for that game was, like, it gave me chills. That scene where he just crushes through the, like, warehouse and you can see the tendrils all around him and stuff. He he looked like a straight monster. And hearing yeah. just, like, Peter's voice and hearing, like, the anger and just the corruption in him. And even that scene where he saves a person and he just shoves that person down to the ground and Miles looks at him like, dude, what the hell's going on with you? Right. Like, it, it looks good and I'm I guarantee... It's going to go in a really good story narrative. And the, a lot of the things I'm seeing on TikTok about people that are comic book fans talking about this game. It looks like they might go down the path of the Venom symbiote taking over Kraven. Which I think will be an amazing idea for Endgame. Yeah. That and just just to see more Miles content, especially after watching Across the Spider-Verse, I'm excited to jump back into the shoes of Miles and play around more with them. Well, the other thing I'm I'm excited about is the fact that you can actually just switch between the two. And that there's missions dedicated to both. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I was very... Very excited that they showcased at the PlayStation Showcase was Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, which is the, I guess it depends on which way you're looking at it, because it's Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater everywhere I look at it, but the Delta is not included on some of the advertisement. But the fact that we're getting a remake, or yeah, a remake of Snake Eater, which is one of my favorite games in the Metal Gear Solid franchise... On top of a remastered collection for the next-gen consoles is amazing. Because we're, get, we're getting a collection remaster drop where with Metal Gear Delta, we're getting Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eaters remaster, uh, Sons of Liberty, and the original Metal Gear. And then later on, we're getting the rest of the games remastered as well. Okay, so as I was saying, like... I'm really excited that with the Metal Gear Solid Delta remaster for Snake Eater, that they're also re-releasing the Legacy games in remastered forms. So we're getting not only the remake of Snake Eater, but at the same exact time we'll get a remaster to play alongside. We'll also be getting Sons of Liberty and Metal Gear Solid 1's remaster as well. And then later on down the road, we'll get a remaster of the remaining games. Which means maybe we'll get a remaster of Phantom Pain as well, which would be pretty cool. Especially if Konami decides to finish it. 
since everybody knows that Konami was, or since Konami and Kojima released Phantom Pain unfinished. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm like opening up the showcases to see what was announced again. Because again, Metal Gear and Spider-Man were like the two biggest things that I paid attention to. But I know there was something else that was announced other than Alan Wake 2, which I'm personally excited for. Because I think the first Alan Wake game had one of the best narratives that I have played in a long time. I really love the story of the first Alan Wake. So much so that I bought the actual novel for Alan Wake. I've never really played Final Fantasy, but for those of whom who are interested, uh, Final Fantasy 16 story trailer debuted at the showcase. And they also showed um, part two of, I think, Final Fantasy X's remake, the one with Cloud. I can't remember which one that is in the uh, series. Oh, mm. there was another game that was announced, too, that I was really excited for. Uh, what was it called? It's it's Telltale. Telltale's comeback. The 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 expense the the fuck what is it called? The expense uh, Telltale thing. I I saw that it was available for it's, pre-order. Yeah, it's the space one, the one that's coming in space. Yeah, it's based off of the book series The Expanse. Which, speaking of, I actually have the very first book, uh, Leviathan. Uh, wait a week. Leviathan wakes. Um, I have a special ten-year violation or ten-year. Um, sorry. Ten-year violation of it. Ten-year anniversary. Sorry, I I have um, the game up right now, and it, on the screen it's talking about landing violation. It's all good. But yeah, I'm really excited to see Telltale throwing their hat back in the ring, you know, coming out with a new game. It's yeah. really good. It also gives me hope that the fact that they're done working on that game means that the next one that they're working on is A Wolf Among Us 2. Well, so I thought that they were already working on that, so... The X, The Expanse. That Yeah, that's what it was called. And yes, they are working on Wolf Among Us 2. They've been working on it for the last two years... Because I believe two years ago is when they first set out, like, things for it. Um, another thing that kind of went under radar that I'm excited about is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, Dead by Daylight style game. Because that looks really good. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to play the, um, the like, beta that they had. I really wanted to, but I didn't get a chance to get my hands on it. Um, moving over to the Xbox showcase, we got Payday 3, which looked really good. So excited that they're continuing on with that series. I'm excited to jump into it with Mr. Retro, Tainted Saint, and you. Yeah. I'm excited to jump into Mortal Kombat 1, which just looks phenomenal. Same thing with Life of P. As you mentioned, the cyberpunk Phantom Liberty looks pretty good. I'm excited for Idris Elba. Yes. Uh, we got Alone in the Dark, which is a remake of a very old game. 
It's also going to be starring David Harbour of Stranger Things and Hellboy. So I'm really excited for that. And here's a game that I am kind of shocked that neither of us talked to each other about, but the Avatar game. That's going to be made by Ubisoft, I believe. I'm not, I don't recall this. So it's Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which apparently is going to be multiplayer. I'm, uh, I'm looking at stuff right now. It's made by Ubisoft Sweden. But it is an open world Avatar game. And it looks it looked really good. I know Mr. Retro and I are both pretty excited for it. And I guess the other game that's being made by Ubisoft that's worth mentioning right now is Star Wars Outlaws. Which takes I place did, between Empire. I did, takes, I did see that, yes. So I'm excited for it, but there is one little detail that kind of disappoints me. And it's the fact that leading up to the showcase... I was, like, reading articles and hearing things about it being, a, like, everything about it that I heard about it was true. Apart from the fact that it was a game where you got to create your own character. Which had me, like, I, I don't know what it is about character creation in games. I love it. Mainly because you could identify with the character you create more than having a set character. Not that it ruins the game for me in any way that you play as that, um... I can't remember her name from the trailer, but not that you play as her bothers me in any way because I'm guaranteed it's still going to be a beautiful story. I love everything set in the Star Wars universe, and especially since it's not going to be focused on Jedi and instead it's going to be focused around the syndicates really interests me, but it looks good. The fact that it's going to be open world and it's going to have a planetary system where you could just jump planet to planet and it's all explorable open world sounds amazing. And the fact that yeah. you can choose to be good or evil also excites me for that too. Because that definitely adds on replay value. No, I'm, I'm excited about it too. It looks interesting. Oh, and one more that I definitely forgot to mention, which I'm kind of punching myself for now. Fable had its actual trailer finally, which was hilarious. I don't know if you saw it, but it was really funny. I did see it, yes. Um, I'm aware of the comedian who was playing as Dave. Um, I believe the British show is called IT Crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It looks good. I'm a huge fan of Fable. Um, for those of whom who are listening to the podcast or watching the vidcast of this, I will be leaving a link down to my Fable anniversary playlist because I am currently jumping into the Fable games, kind of plugging myself in here. But I'm excited to see where this new Fable game goes, and I like the fact that the animation style is different for this one. We're going to be grounded in a bit more of realism, and I like that. Especially since I'm hearing that this game's going to be taking on a definite darker tone. Yeah. Um, outside of that, the only other thing I'm excited for that was announced during the showcases were the VR titles. We have Resident Evil 4's remake coming to VR, which is going to be phenomenal. Because I am loving the Resident Evil 4 remake that I'm playing right now. 
Um, the Assassin's Creed Nexus looks really good because we're going to be jumping back into the hoods of famous assassins Ezio Aratore, Cassandra, and Connor to relive more canon events from their stories that we have not seen yet. So I'm excited for that. Especially mm-hmm. since Roger Craig Smith is coming back as Ezio. Chef's kiss. I love his voice. Like literally Ezio was the selling point for me for that. Where I was like, I gotta get that. Even though I'll probably get really bad motion sickness from jumping building to building and doing assassinations. <laughs> the vertigo will be real. Yes. So, outside of the Game Show Awards, um, have you seen any good movies lately? Uh, any good sources of media? What was the movie we went and saw? Uh, we are planning on watching the new uh, Spider-Verse movie. Nice. Uh, uh, Retro and I saw it last week, and it was really good. Yeah, I I saw that you guys saw it. Uh, what was the other game? That or not? Uh, oh, um, there's been a lot since the last uh topic that we actually talked about. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Retro and I saw that too. It was, it was a beautiful conclusion to the story, which I guess enough time has passed that we could actually talk about it without it being real spoiler territory. Because if you didn't go and see it in theaters, then you missed out on one, a very wonderful IMAX or XD experience. And two, what's wrong with you? It's an MCU movie. You got to see those in theaters. It was a beautiful also, conclusion. What's wrong with you in saying that this is the conclusion this is not the conclusion okay yes in technicality it's never the end it is the end of the guardians that we know which was already talked about in press stuff and everything that the guardians that we know of star lord gamora drax rocket Groot, nebula they're all gonna go their separate ways Yes, it did say Star-Lord will return, which I think is amazing because Star-Lord's solo run in the comics did kind of lead to Secret Wars. So I'm really hoping it will go with that in terms of the MCU storyline. That, and I'm just excited to see Chris Pratt return as Star-Lord because I can't think of anybody who filled those shoes better. The MCU does a really good job with casting its heroes. And making it hard to see anybody else. Good job at casting both heroes. Oh, yeah. Okay, the High Evolutionary. So this is something me and John talked about after seeing Guardians, in which Guardians was supposed to be R&R's first movie review, but John and I have both been too busy to do the review. So I'm going to give you a a quick run-through of it here. We thought the High Evolutionary was more daunting than Kang the Conqueror and Quantumania. Which John and I fully understand that that variant of Kang was that variant of Kang. But the simple fact that they mentioned that that Kang was banished by all the other Kangs. We thought he would have been more like 
daunting, more just petrifying to be facing up against. But he was like, uh, I don't even know. Hang on. Okay. So, to touch back on what I was saying, um, when it came to the MCU main bad for this saga, which is Kang, the Conqueror, John and I just found him a little lackluster, and we, le we like, legitimately thought the High Evolutionary was a more daunting and intimidating villain. Like, we just, we felt that. Like, literally seeing what he did to Rocket in the other test subjects, we just were like, he, he's a bigger villain. Kang was just, like, yeah, he's daunting because he's all-powerful, but, like, we even felt like Thanos was a bigger th threat than this guy. Right. Granted, I mean, we still have more movies where we could see Kang the Conqueror be more daunting. But literally, the most daunting part of him is the fact that all of his variants communicate with each other. But again, the one that we see in Ant-Man Quantumania is supposed to be, like, the baddest of them all because he was outcasted by all of his other variants. Right. But then again, granted, that Kang is the one that shows up in Loki in the post credit scene for Quantumania. Which, if you guys haven't seen Quantumania yet, you should check it out on Disney+. Plus. It is now streamable there. Not that we get promoted to promote the movie in any way, but the MCU storyline is phenomenal from the viewpoint of a comic book fan and a superhero fan. You should definitely see Quantumania. Paul Rudd excels in that role. But, as we were speaking on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, it just concluded in a way that beautifully wrapped up the trilogy better than I would say any of the other trilogies we got for the MCU, which would be Iron Man, Thor, Cap, Spider-Man, and now Guardians. And I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 did a very nice bow and did leave it open for other Guardian movies being led by Rocket. Right. And, the fact, and the fact that we got to be able to understand Groot brings that trilogy full circle as well because we are now part of the Guardian family to the point where we understand Groot. And I thought that was a very beautiful touch as well. Yeah. What else? Because, Kai, we... The last podcast episode was in January and a lot has happened since January 1st. Indeed. So it's really hard to pinpoint like a raw thoughts episode to come to bring everybody up to date yes. because there's just, there is a lot going on um, currently with both my personal channel, the group channel, everybody's kind of in their own separate ways because, you know, we all work, we're all adults. We have our own personal lives to attend to. So it's just been really hard for us to get together to do these episodes, which is why we're doing a Raw Thoughts as our first episode back instead of doing video game adaptations. Speaking of video game adaptations, did you go and see uh, Super Mario Bros? I did, yes. I have not had a chance to see it yet. I've heard phenomenal things about it. What was your take on it? 
I think he got another phone call, ladies and gentlemen. We are having another technical difficulty. We'll be right back with you. Hello, hello. Hey, welcome back. Sorry, work called. That's all good, man. So, to continue where we left off at, what was your take on the Super Smash Bros. movie? Honestly, it was it was a very good, uh, very good movie. I I really did enjoy it. I look forward to seeing it once it's streamable. Yeah, uh, I. Also feel that um, it did a good job of hitting all of those points of, hey, this is kind of the world, but also uh, it's still going with the, um, it could expand. Like, we saw a little bit of the kart racing. We saw a little bit of Smash Bros. You know. Yeah. Yeah. An expansive universe based out of Nintendo properties. Because I, I, I was hearing they had, like, some Star Fox references and, like, a bunch of other stuff. Like you mentioned, the Mario Kart. That was something that was shown in the trailers. So we knew that there was going to be a Mario Kart segment because we saw them on Rainbow Road. Um, I knew that there was a Smash reference because of the trailer scene where it shows Donkey Kong and Mario, like, fighting in one of yeah. the more classic maps and stuff like that. I'm really excited to yeah. see it. I love video game adaptations, and I feel like, especially with Illum... I believe it's Illumination that did this one, right? Correct, yes. I feel like they do a good job, because if I'm not mistaken, I think Illumination also did Detective Pikachu, which is by far one of like my more favorite video game adaptation movies, especially since it's its own narrative based in the game universe, which I believe Super Smash Bros. does as well. Because I, I'm like more sure they didn't take any storyline from an existing Mario property to build this story. Yes, but you are wrong about uh, Detective Pikachu being a video game movie. It is not a video game movie. 
What would you is consider a, it? Is there a Detective Pikachu uh, game out there? I actually believe there is. And did it start with a video game or did it start with a card game and then go to animation before it went to uh, the game? Pokemon. So Detective Pikachu is a game. It came out for the Nintendo 3DS. But it's not based off of the game so much as Pokemon is based off of the cards. I believe so. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what came first. I do not. Shit. Uh, Do you hear me? Oh, fuck. I, I hear you. I'm losing you, but I hear you. Okay. As long as you hear me, we're good. Um. I know my camera just froze. There we go. Wait. Okay. Yep. I'm back-ish. I'm kind of laggy, which is okay. I accidentally kicked my dongle, and it, like, separated my camera from the computer. Oops. Yeah, I don't know what came first, whether it was the card game or the show for Pokemon. I am about to eat my words. Uh, oh, after a quick Google search, the games came out first. And then following the game's success, then the card games came out. So is that a point for me? No. Okay, we'll agree to disagree that we both get a point. No, we both I, get a point. I mean, it's not a point for anybody. Because you Nintendo did Nintendo gets a point. I was talking about overall. I, I was in the wrong thinking that the cards came first, but it was in fact red and green that came first. Yes, but the original argument was Detective Pikachu is not a video game adaptation, which was what you told me. Which I proved you wrong by saying Detective Pikachu was a game that came out on the 3DS. Which would technically make it an adaptation, even though the movies, I don't think, followed the game whatsoever. But again, it goes back to a video game adaptation that has its own story that takes place in a universe. So we'll both get a point. We'll, we'll, we'll settle to say we both get a point. And that we don't know Pokemon lore whatsoever. This has been actually a good few years of video game adaptations when you think about it. Don't get me wrong, we've had bad ones like the Netflix Resident Evil. But we've had Detective Pikachu, which was great. Super Mario Bros, which was, that I hear, great. Because I haven't had a chance to see it to form my own opinion. The Last of Us, which was phenomenal. Did you also get to see Last of Us? I don't know if you watched it. I think you guys were holding no, we were we were going to be watching, or no, we were going to be playing the game first, and then we were going to be um, watching, watching the series. I would say that's a really good idea to do because Retro did that with his mom, 
So he played the game in front of his mom because me, him, and his mom all watched the show together. So it was like during the time that each episode would come out, the leading right up to the episode, John would play that entire section of the game. And then I'd come over Sunday and we'd watch the episode and all talk together and compare the game to the episode. Because the TV show does follow very closely to the game's narrative. Like, there are scenes ripped straight out of the game that are in the show, but the show also does take some liberties where they kind of contort what happens in the game. Which is not a bad thing. I think it's very good that they went their own separate paths with certain things because I do agree with people to see a direct adaptation, like 100% followed through, wouldn't be such of a good thing, especially as a gamer to viewer. As a viewer that's never played the game, yeah, sure, that'd be great because then you're experiencing the game in a different format. But I think it would have made this show a little stale to see a play-by-play version of the game to show. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Which also makes me very intrigued for the next episode of Drinking Corner when we all get to pitch ideas. Because I already know my idea will be Resident Evil. It's something I'm very passionate about. And I feel like like if I had the money to make a show and pitch it to HBO Max, I feel like I would be able to do Resident Evil 0 and Resident Evil 1 as an 8-episode like miniseries for HBO and do it very well. Because yeah. the... The the thing with the first Resident Evil game that even fans and the developers mention is Resident Evil 1 has a very convoluted canon because you play as both Chris or Jill. You get to make the choice of who you want to play, but whoever you pick makes the other character's story non-canon because there's events that are canon that happen in both stories that get mentioned throughout the rest of the timeline. But if you play through the person's story, that person makes the other characters' events non-canon because everybody survives. Rebecca, Chris, Jill, Barry, they all survive. But playing as Jill will lead Rebecca to die and Chris could die, or playing as Chris could lead Jill and Barry to die. So, it'd be a very interesting take to do a live-action thing and pick and choose showing which parts would be the canonical parts, even as a video game remake, if they were to remake Resident Evil 1 in the remake formats that we have now for 2, 3, and 4, and soon to be 5 and maybe Code Veronica, since Capcom put out a survey for people who were part of the Resident Evil.net to... They asked us straight up which Resident Evil game would we like to see remade next. And a lot of people have said Code Veronica, The Outbreak Files, and 5. Which obviously 5 will be the next direction because the post credit scene in 4. Which I won't talk about because I don't know if you've beaten the game yet. Uh, 4, no, I have not. I am in the final two chapters in my playthrough. Which you can catch on my personal YouTube channel. And yeah, then I'm, after I'm I beat... Be, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't watch your channel. I know you don't. It's okay. I know none of my friends support me in my dreams. It's okay. The fact that I am currently in a chat with you for one of the channels 
proves that I am supporting you. Oh, no, it, it's it's completely okay. Because if it wasn't for the fact that I edit everybody's live streams and I am the editor for everybody else, I probably wouldn't watch a lot of the content you guys make either just because I'm either A, there when it's being made, and B, I'm the editor. Right. Because, not gonna lie, a lot of the games that I record, you are there in person when I record them. Yeah. So I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect you to be like, oh, I want to go through and watch Dead Rising because that's like one of the videos I just put out was mine and your Dead Rising off the record. Which it again, it doesn't bug me that you guys don't watch it. I know you watched um my Village because you did mention to me that you've watched uh, Village without me asking you because you also commented about how you really liked the first episode and how I made you laugh, which did mean a lot to me. But it's again. A lot of the games I'm playing are games either you have already played and probably don't have an interest in rewatching. And I know on top of the fact I don't have the best commentary. One, because I record such late at night that I'm already mentally drained. And two, you're usually there for most of what I record anyways. Yeah. Unless secretly three, you just don't like me and don't want to be there. And then in that case, it's okay. <laughs> Your silence hurts worse than words. I wasn't paying attention, sorry. It's okay, I'm used to it. If I, if you were to watch content of mine, because now I'm curious, what type of content would you be more inclined to watch? Because here really soon I'm going to be bringing back live action challenges and stuff like that. Um, ghost hunting. Ghost hunting? Yeah. Well, speaking of ghost hunting, did you hear that Phasmophobia is going to be coming to consoles? I did not, no. Yep, uh, I believe it comes out next month. It will be releasing for all the consoles, and it will be cross-platform, which means you can play with people on PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and etc. Which I'm excited for, because I've played a little bit of Phasmophobia with uh, Kordazowski Plays on his live stream, and that was uh, very, very... Petrifying. I just stabbed myself with my knife. That hurt a lot. Go. Hey. Ugh. So, what is your reason for not watching my videos? If you don't mind me inquiring, we're diving deep in this. Oh. It's okay, I hate my voice too, if I'm being blatantly honest. Tim, that's not the answer. That's not the, the reason. I just don't particularly. I've been um, kind of trying to get away from watching gaming content as much. Just because I don't want to be spoiling games that I plan on playing, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Once I've already played the game, then I'm a bit more inclined to... Um, kind of start watching gameplay of it so that way you know in the event that something comes up that i'm like stuck on um the gameplay can help me out yeah it's okay either way my videos are more meant for when i'm no longer here than for when i'm here 
They're like memoirs. Speaking of video ideas, I am thinking of doing, um, I guess the easiest way to describe them would be blogs of my progress of developing my first game. Which, the running title I had, I believe, is already a title of another game with a very similar idea. Because I was going with my, um, it was a couple years ago we had to pitch a video game idea and start working on the design for it. It was when I was at Butte College. And it was Among, not Among the Dark, what was I calling it? I think it was Among the Dark. But it was a game that was, like, you played as a kid, and it goes through, like, a child's perspective of domestic violence. Among the Sleep? Among the Sleep is the idea from it, yeah. But my running title was Among the Dark, because the game was supposed to be very dark, and it takes place over the course of one night. Each room in a house would have been one level. So it's like an obstacle, it's like a platformer slash horror game. Because the darkness would twist, like, everyday things, like the house, cat, a dog, uh, your drunk, abusive, like, father, stuff like that, and twist them into monsters that you had to run and hide from. My teacher thought it was a very good idea, but then circumstances pulled me from the class, and then when I retook the class, I did this other idea that was kind of like the Binding of Isaac, but it was a... Uh, top bottom like game in which you played as a pill that was like destroying emotions I can't remember what I called it but it was like a top down like kind of shooter it was fun I had a lot of fun making it I got an A plus on the project that's good yeah Oh, God, it is hot. This summer heat has been very... I don't know how the weather is where you live since you're down towards the bay. But up here, it's just been really freaking dry hot. It is. If I can get my phone to recognize my face here for a second. I wish uh, my phone had facial recognition. It is 71 degrees right now. You son of a bitch. Uh... Saturday is going to be our hottest day for the entire week, in which it's going to be 77. You son of a bitch. <laughs> as soon as my phone finds out where my location is, I'll tell you how hot it is. It is 88 degrees right now, which doesn't seem hot, but it's fairly hot. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's still climbing. We already hit a max of 95 degrees today. Oh, nope, 96. It is supposed to reach 96 degrees today, then 100 degrees tomorrow. It looks like high 90s all the way up until Monday, in which we get our coldest day, which will be 75 degrees. But yeah, um, let's see, anything else to talk about before we conclude our raw thoughts? I'm... Aiming, well, I was aiming to get a PS5, but I am, due to circumstances, needing to buy a new tire and um, buy a new hard drive for my Xbox. So that way I could stop transferring everything between my external hard drives and internal. Right. 
I really wish I could play XS games off of the hard drives I already had. It would have made things so much easier and saved me money. I do not look forward to buying these new hard drives that you need to, like, insert into the Series X. It legitimately kind of irks me in a bad way. Yeah. Speaking no, of which, that. have you played any interesting new games lately? Since we are primarily a gaming channel. Um... Tears of the Kingdom. How are you enjoying that? I never really finished Breath of the Wild, so I had no real interest in getting Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I'm I've been enjoying it. As long as you enjoy Breath of the Wild, it's the same game, just extra Ex stuff. Um, I've also been playing Dead Island Two, and I've been pretty close to beating that one. Nice, nice. Um, for me, obviously, I've been playing the Resident Evil 4 remake, which I'm loving, being the fact that Res the original Resident Evil 4 is one of my all-time favorite games, as it is very, very sentimental to me. So seeing it remade, and it being remade very beautifully, makes me happy. Especially since Resident Evil 3's remake was a little lackluster, I was slightly afraid. But I really like the direction they took, and things that they cut out of the original, and... Changes they made in this remake. It's been good. Um, I also started Gotham Knights with Mr. Retro. So we're excited to start bringing that to my personal channel. Um, Retro and I have been playing Redfall. Which I don't know why the game has been getting negative reviews. Retro and I have been thoroughly really enjoying the game. I wonder if they got negative reviews for people playing it by themselves. Because I can see the game not being as fun playing by myself, but playing with a friend has really kind of made the game enjoyable. And I've been playing some Diablo 4, which we're going to be live streaming later on today. It's our goal to stream it every Thursday, which I know by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be Monday. So a little bit of a time variation there, but still. Yeah. I'm also excited for uh, the new season of Fallout 76 and the fact that the game shows announced that Fallout 76 is going to be going to Atlanta City Atlantic. for a Atlantic yes. City, which from the trailer that I saw has a very big New vegas -y vibe as so Retro and I were talking about. I mentioned that because we've been looking at... Um, so on Steam, we're able to see what files are being added to uh, games. Yeah. So something that the community has been watching is the fact that there has been files called New Vegas 2 being added to 76, which there was speculation that it might end up being like a um, uh, a, a pack or something. But the fact is Atlantic City kind of answers the question of what New Vegas 2 was going to be. I think it, I think the Atlantic City is probably the New Vegas 2 because, one, people have been really wanting either a New Vegas remaster. New Vegas is one of the bigger titles in the Fallout series. And the fact that we already got NCR armor as, like, a Fallout first perk, it was very much expected for something New vegas -y to be releasing. Yeah. What else was there? 
What games got delayed? There's there was like a few games that I know got delayed that were kind of on my mind. The Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League was delayed, but that was delayed a while ago. Yeah, um, Skull and Bones continues to get um, delayed. Nothing. Nothing outwardly has been like massively delayed. Just more of games being announced and being said, yeah, they'll be ready when it's ready. Yeah. Um, anything you wish got announced at the showcase? Or any studios you wish made any noise? Like, I know I was a little disappointed not hearing anything from the Coalition. Because, like, it's, it, it's about time for a new Gears of War to be announced. You know, whether it's a Tactics 2 or the Phoenix Collection or even Gears of War 6. Like, people are waiting. And it's it's been a couple of years since the last big Gears of War title. But I do know the Coalition does work with Xbox Game Studios to work on other console exclusives. Or smaller title projects. But I especially thought being the fact that late last year the Coalition went out on Twitter and other forms of media with job hiring posts that we would have been getting something announced or at least teased. Yeah. For me... Uh, Rockstar. Yeah. Specifically, I would love to actually hear stuff about Red Dead Redemption. Two or three. Because it's already speculated that three is in production and being like... Three, three has already been confirmed to be in production. They, they, before two was officially com- like announced to be dead, um, they had already revealed they were working on three. It's just there's, it's not the cash cow that Grand Theft Auto is, which kind of disappoints me because Red Dead Online had a lot of potential if they were to have focused on it like they did GTA online. Which uh, it, speaking it, of GTA online, um they they released the Gun Runners. And me and you, yes. I um they released late, they released a few different things that we need to discuss. Yes, there there is a few things I do want to discuss cuz like late last night and the last couple of nights I have been working on one the introduction for GTA R story. And two, I've been rewriting around some things and I am focusing it, focusing more on just the story between me and you rather than including everybody. Because I I am coming to understand the hardships of trying to get everybody together, which is something I need to kind of beat into my head a little bit more when it comes to these big projects that I'm working on. It would be easier to contain a story between me and you and work closely between the two of us to get this story going. Right. But there there are things I want to shoot 
and the first episode we are probably going to shoot three to four different intro scenes to edit out and kind of go on the cutting room floor and examine which for everybody viewing this podcast right now we are working on a huge project for Grand Theft Auto Online in which we are going to essentially tell the story of our created characters because GTA has been out for what 10 years uh yeah, almost 10, 10 it's co- it's it's coming on its 10 year anniversary and within that 10 years because we both pretty much have started playing since the beginning of the server's opening back on the 360 there 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 is in theory a very beautiful story that could be told that would be fun and engaging capturing the narrative is the trick to it all because there are some things we have to kind of create on our own. Whereas there are other moments where the game delivers the story for us. And I think having a nice blend between that is going to be interesting and fun. And I hope it's a project that the people watching will really enjoy. The other thing is, is I've been debating whether or not to release this for my personal channel or the group channel. But that's all stuff we'll talk about later. And then we could talk about more openly once we have a more general idea and start having things being filmed. Right. Um, other than that, I genuinely think this raw thoughts is pretty much done. We we went on a few good tangents. We had a mainline theme going on with the video game showcases and talking about movies and some other th- stuff. Stuff. I could speak properly right now. Thank you all so very much. I keep looking at my computer screen because I'm used to looking at my monitor while doing these. Well, in general, my camera is right over here. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I'm really, really happy that you were able to help me film out this episode, David. It's been a long time coming. I know we've all as a group kind of been fighting and arguing amongst ourselves with trying to do the episode with all of us being like, come on, we're all ready. And then it's like too late or one person drops out or it's like we make plans. And then like, let's say John or Brian can't make it. And then there's days where I can't make it or you can't make it. So it's really good to at least get a raw thoughts in because these are at least easy to do. It's just one-on-one. It's a nice centered conversation, which is another reason why John and I did R and R podcast, because again, I do kind of like these one-on-ones where we just talk to each other. We have general conversations. I know um, I talked to Logan Zoshimoshi from the first episode of season two. He's interested in doing more. So we can look forward to that for both R&R and this. Thank you, all of our wonderful and beautiful listeners who are either listening to this on any of your podcast streaming devices or if you're watching the vidcast here on the Nerdgasmic Goodfellas YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We goal plan is to put one of these out every week. I aim for Monday. That's usually when I try to put out podcasts. It's been a little hard because we all work either full-time or damn near close to full-time. We all have individual lives, so it's really hard to kind of schedule this work, have social or relationships. So please bear with us as we do this. The more viewers we get, the more inclined we are to do episodes more consistently. But thank you for the support we do get for this. We do appreciate it. Um, any concluding thoughts there, 
boss fuss. No, I think you uh, wrapped it up pretty nicely. All right. Um, for all of those who are looking for links to our social medias or personal YouTube channels or the other podcasts, you'll find links in the description below, whether you're on YouTube or if you're listening to on Spotify or anything like that, there should be a description for the podcast that lists the links. That's how I have it set up. So hopefully that works. I've actually never gone and checked it. Now I'm concerned, but we really appreciate you watching this, listening to it. We'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.